When Nicole started having panic attacks aged 17, she had no idea what was going on. Growing up on Vancouver Island, Canada, she was a confident and friendly teenager, never someone you associate with anxiety. But she'd just be living her life when, without warning, a rush of adrenaline would take over her body. It was a violent physical sensation that felt like a heart attack. I would get so dizzy and so disoriented. My heart would start pounding and I thought I was dying. Other than her parents, who were understanding, she never told anyone about them. Until one day, 17-year-old Nicole was waiting in line at McDonald's with a friend when a panic attack started. We're eating and all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here. And then the panic came. And it was such a physical attack that came over me. And the look on his face was like, what is going on? This poor guy, he's 16 years old or 17 years old, is like never seen a young woman having a panic attack. She tried to describe what was happening to her, but it was impossible. She didn't know. She still remembers the look on her friend's face. Nicole felt absolutely ridiculous. People would just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is that? What do you mean you're panicking? Growing up in the 90s, there wasn't widespread education about mental health issues. Hardly anyone knew about panic attacks. So to avoid the stigma of losing control in public, Nicole tried to keep her panic attacks a secret, as much as she could. But worrying about having a panic attack made her panic which made them more likely to happen. She felt like she was losing her mind. Nicole bounced from doctor to doctor, trying a string of anxiety meds. Nothing worked. I didn't have any tools or medication or or anything. I was just sort of like free floating with these like strange symptoms that were just making me more and more and more scared. The panic attacks caused Nicole to drop out of college, but they didn't dictate the whole of her 20s. Her talents and personality still shone through to employers, and she managed to find an interesting job in an HR department of a film school. Nicole was leading a double life. Sometimes the attacks were so intense she felt like she was dying. She'd even call ambulances to her house. But her colleagues, they had no idea. I never told anybody. I called in sick all the time. Then one day, the university held a workshop about anxiety and depression. Nicole realised the talk was meant to help people like her. With this encouragement, she tried going to the doctor one more time. And this time, she took along a friend who worked as a nurse as backup. Nicole was put on a type of antidepressant called SSRIs, Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors, which work by allowing more serotonin to pass through the nerve cells in your brain. At the time, they were relatively new, but now everyone's taking them. Zoloft. When you know more about what's wrong, you can help make it right. Finally, she'd found a medication that actually worked. Within four weeks, I was driving in a car with my sister, and I remember looking out the window and just thinking, like, what a beautiful day it was. And I had not remembered a time when I was able to sit in a car and look out the window and just appreciate where I was. That SSRI antidepressant, it saved my life. It gave me a life. The meds didn't totally get rid of the panic attacks, 
but Nicole felt so much better that after a while, she decided to come off them. This kicked off a vicious but very common cycle. Nicole would take the antidepressants, feel better, stop taking them, feel worse, start taking them again, and repeat. She couldn't accept that she was never cured, that something she felt so ashamed of could be part of her life forever. Then, a round of layoffs hit the university, and Nicole lost her job. She'd always felt grounded by work, so unemployment was particularly rough. A lot of people with panic disorder or panic attacks are usually high-performing and are probably more on a perfectionist scale. I took a lot of pride in work, and I always found a lot of joy in work. But Nicole eventually found a new job. A dream job, in fact. She'd be working on the planning committee for the 2008 Winter Olympic Games. Nicole's career was skyrocketing. Suddenly, she had a wonderful opportunity and was surrounded by brilliant, highly motivated people. But working on the most important sporting event in the world came with a lot of pressure. And the panic attacks came back. And this time, she knew she couldn't get away with calling in sick. This job needed her A-game. If she was going to stay employed, she had to do something she'd been avoiding her whole career. Tell her boss about the panic attacks. So many people told me, don't tell your boss, you're going to get fired, they're going to think you're this and that. And I was like, I have nothing to lose at this point. Like, I don't care anymore. Nicole scheduled a meeting with her manager and finally told her what was going on. She described how all-consuming the panic attacks were and how she was starting a new course of SSRIs, which might cause some side effects for the first few weeks. Nicole braced herself for the reaction. But her boss was incredibly supportive. As it turned out, her ex-husband had also suffered from panic attacks, so she got how miserable they can be. Relief like you can't imagine. The Russian doll, right? It's like you're sitting here in this hard shell so clenched up so you know what i mean like you need like uh, and then someone says oh my god you're beautiful just how you are look at you and then you come out and you're like oh my god yes this conversation was nothing short of life-changing nicole found a cognitive behavioral therapy program a few months later and was given time off to attend cbt as it's also known for short is a kind of talk therapy that helps you change the way you think and act with the ultimate aim of changing how you feel. Sometimes it's done in groups, and this was perfect for Nicole. I do really well in groups because I didn't feel like an outsider all of a sudden. All of a sudden I was sitting around with all these cool people and everybody around me had panic attacks and suddenly it wasn't a big deal anymore. Meeting so many other interesting, capable people who also suffered from panic attacks helped Nicole shed some of the shame she felt about having them herself. A few months later, her boss even took her aside to congratulate her. She could tell just from Nicole's behaviour that she'd made so much progress. The transformation was amazing to see. CBT gave her some good coping skills, but to understand the root cause of the problem, she needed to dig into her own psychology. With the help of a mental health professional, Nicole pulled all the pieces together. She'd had a loving childhood, but at the same time, she realised there was a lot of trauma and uncertainty too. 
Like when Nicole was three, her mother almost died from a brain aneurysm. She was in and out of hospital for years. Nicole's father struggled to cope and suffered terrible panic attacks himself, which eventually led to an addiction to prescription tranquilizers. It was the 70s. Mental health care just wasn't a thing. He was given literally handfuls of tranquilizers, like hundreds of pills. So when I was young, I saw him have a seizure at the table because he stopped taking these tranquilizers all of a sudden. In the end, Nicole's panic disorder was no mystery. Her formative years were full of fear. As a child, she always had this sense of impending disaster, like something terrible might happen to mum or dad at any time. And it's no wonder. Sometimes it did. Nicole now has a full arsenal of strategies to reduce the frequency and intensity of her panic attacks. When the panic starts to build, she uses mindfulness techniques to ground herself, like counting the colours she sees around the room, or tapping, or alternate nostril breathing. She's also trained herself to just accept the panic when it comes and go with it. I do a lot of self-talk. This is just anxiety. It's a hassle, not a horror. It always passes. And more generally, she's found that keeping a balanced lifestyle reduces her panic, as well as all the usual good habits, daily exercise, limited alcohol intake, Nicole hasn't drunk since 2017, and avoiding cigarettes. For Nicole, this means working in a psychologically safe company. Somewhere being professional doesn't mean faking invincible mental health. Now, as a senior brand editor at the Scale Up Hot Jar, Nicole is open with her colleagues about the challenges she faces. This has not only helped her reduce her panic, it's also created an open discussion about mental health at her workplace. I just began being really open with my story. I find that people just come up to me all the time and they talk to me about their own struggles with anxiety and shame and embarrassment. Removing the mask at work, Nicole has become the person she needed herself in her early career. She's building a culture where no one needs to struggle with their mental health alone. This Mental Health at Work story was written by Miranda Gabbett, produced by Billy Cragen, and brought to you by Oliva, your platform and partner for employee mental well-being. Huge shout out to Nicole Gottselig, senior brand editor at Hotjar, for sharing her story. If you enjoy stories like this about well-being and work, you can subscribe to Mental Health at Work podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And on the off chance you're an HR leader looking for a new employee mental well-being solution for your company, check out oliva.health. That's O-L-I-V-A dot health. See you next time.